In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who has come to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I asked you at the beginning of this, do you you prefer the self-serve kiosk? Now, that thing has been popping up. It seems more and more, the more places you go, the more of those things seem to be out there. You can go to Publix and you can choose to be checked out by somebody who breathes and has a pulse. Or you can choose to be checked out by a machine. You can go to McDonald's and you can choose to have your order given to somebody who has just graduated high school or maybe not even yet. Or to go to a kiosk where you can choose what kind of side you want with your Big Mac. You can go all sorts of different places and you can serve yourself. It used to be that that was just a gas station thing. And it's not a gas station thing in backwards places like New Jersey still. (laughs) Really, if you visit New Jersey, you'll think that you went back in time. But... Now it it seems like this thing is popping up every place you go. Now it's even at the bank. Now it's even, well, out in the West, there's actually several brew pubs that are doing self-service and putting poor bartenders out of a job. Because you'll, what you'll do is you'll, you'll have a tap that's on the wall and some sort of screen thing and you'll slide your card and the tap will record how much beer you pour and at what rate and you'll, you'll get to see all of that stuff and you don't have a bartender who tells you, okay, this is what this is like or who engages you in terrible jokes or anything like that anymore. And all these things are are popping up all over the place. Pretty soon you'll be able to go to the doctor and not have to talk to a single human being. (laughs) It'll be tough to do that in the church, but I'm sure that somebody will try to figure out how to do this so that you just get my face popping up on a screen. And then when it gets to be time for communion, there'll just be like a little vending machine slot that'll pop out a wafer and a cup for you to take. Because we like this self-service stuff. And I think the reason that we like this self-service stuff is that we don't like people. People are difficult. People are awkward. People are uh, just kind of icky. People might take more time than what we have to offer at that time. People might say something that we don't like. People might be Republican. People might be Democrat. People might not agree with our views. People, well, people, people are frustrating. And nobody knows that quite as well as the people that are following Jesus right now. Because the people that are following Jesus, if you read the story in Mark, which, by the way, I introduced it as John. I'm sorry, it's from Mark. It's Mark 10. The people that are following Jesus, they're seeing him go, and he's way ahead of them. And so you have that, that sense of, of Jesus is way ahead, ahead of these folks, and that they're following him. And Mark has this interesting inclusion that they're afraid. And you go, well, what are they afraid of? 
Why are they afraid? Why are they? Because probably Jesus is storming ahead of them. And Jesus is, well, not in a real happy place because Jesus knows where he's going. Jesus knows that he's going to Jerusalem. This is the first time in Mark's Gospel that it is actually showing you that Jesus has taken a turn and he's going to Jerusalem. This is the first time that we hear that Jesus has finally made that final turn. He's taken the exit off of the freeway to go to Jerusalem. And we know what lies and wait for him in Jerusalem because this now is the third time that he has predicted his own death. And it's the most full prediction of his death where he says, this is all of the stuff that's going to happen to me. I am going to go. I'm going to be handed over by my people over to Gentiles. They are going to take me. They're going to spit on me. They're going to beat me. They're going to put me to death. Jesus knows all of that. And you can only imagine in what kind of an emotional place you would be if you knew all of that. And Jesus is storming ahead of them and everybody is freaked out. They're like, what on earth are we going to do? Jesus seems upset. And Jesus tells them, this is what's upsetting me. This is what's going to happen. And to that, interestingly, you have these two dudes... James and John, sons of Zebedee. John calls them the sons of thunder, which sounds like a really cheesy motorcycle gang. But they have this name for a reason. I mean, these are guys that are used to being at the front of things. They are the boys of Zebedee, boys who grew up with their father probably running a whole fleet of fishing boats. These are guys that know what it's like to be in front of other people. They know what it's like to have places of honor. They know what it's like because they've had those places of honor with their father. And so they come up to Jesus and they say, Lord, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Which, if I'm Jesus, I have one of two responses, at least. The first one of those responses is, so I'm like a genie to you? You, you want me to do whatever you ask? Okay, and, and so what do you want to ask for? Do you want to ask for a million denarii? Wait, what, do you, what, what do you want here, James and John? The other thing that I think Jesus, if I were Jesus, I would probably be tempted to ask them is, uh, so the other times that you've asked me for stuff, you don't actually want those things to happen. You, you just ask for, for the sake of asking, but, but now you, you actually want me to do the things that you're asking for. Oh, I get it now. Thanks a lot, James and John. Zoe goes, okay, what do you want? Neo, we want you, we want to sit at your right and your left hand. Now, uh, Matthew's Gospel actually gives us the little inclusio that this is probably being pushed along by Salome, their mother. That she, you know, she, she's like, go ask him. Okay, go ask him for those places of honor. And then so they're like, well, I guess mom had asked us to do this. But either way, they're, they're still asking for it. And, and Jesus kind of, Gets back to them and he, he says, well, are, are you able? You, you able to handle 
this? You able to drink the cup that I'm going to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism that I am going to be baptized with? And I think they only hear that first part of it, actually. I, I, I think they probably miss out a little bit on, on the baptism thing. But, but the first part, I, I think they, they maybe are, are thinking, hey, this isn't going so bad. Because you see in the, the Near East, and in, especially in, in Judaism, you, you have this sense of a cup being shared at a victory banquet. You have this, this idea that when a victorious king would come back from a battle, from a campaign, that he would host a great banquet with all of his generals and all of the heroes of that battle, everybody would be there. Some of them would have their arms in slings. Other people would have bandages around their heads. But this was going to be the victory banquet. And it was all because the king was victorious. Yes, through these guys. But the victory belonged to the king. And the king then would take out his cup. That cup that nobody else was allowed to have. It was his cup and his cup alone. He would take out his cup and he would have that cup filled. And he would take a drink out of the cup and then he would offer it to his generals, to the heroes of the battle. And in so offering, he would be sharing the victory with all of the people there, the king would be metaphorically saying, this victory that belongs to me, I am giving you this victory. I am giving you this cup so that you can taste what it's like to have this victory. I am giving you this cup so that you can more metaphorically see this as your victory, not just as mine. And so James and John are probably thinking, okay, we're going into Jerusalem. Here's what's going to happen. Jesus is going to tear stuff up. He is going to set himself on the throne. And when he sets himself up on the throne, he's not going to fall off. When he sets himself up on the throne, we want to be at his right and at his left. And Jesus says... Are you sure that you want that? Are you sure that you're ready for that? Are you sure that you're able to do that? And they said, you're able. Interestingly, Jesus does not say, <laughs> yeah, you're not. <laughs> um, James, John, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm going to do, I just told you what I'm going to do. You, you don't get that you're not able to do that. But instead, he says, you are able. You, you will drink the cup. You, you will be baptized with the baptism that, that I baptize you with. And that is really what we've been talking about this entire Lenten series. Is that we do drink out of that cup. We drink out of the cup of what it means to be the body of Christ. That what we do when we gather together as the church, that what we're all about is that we're all about sharing that cup with the King. Sharing that victory which is His and identifying with Him even to the point where we drink His cup here in worship every Sunday. 
So yes, we do drink from His cup and we are baptized with the baptism that He is baptized with. We're baptized and we drink from His cup. And that makes us His body. But the interesting thing here is what that really means. Jesus is saying, well, you know, if you... If you're going to do this, it means that this is the way that we get to that victory. The way that we get to that victory is not by chasing after glory. The way, James and John, that you get there isn't by the way that you think that you're going to get there. James and John still have in their minds this sense that what it means for Jesus to go to Jerusalem is that He's going to go in and He is going to smash other people and He is going to install His own reign. And Jesus has been saying over and over and over again, no, that's not how this works. How how this works is I'm going to go and I'm going to be a sacrifice. I'm going to go and serve. And that's how you're going to get great, by the way, James and John. But James and John don't get that. Because they can't get it. The words just can't communicate effectively enough for James and John. What's finally going to have to turn them around is that they're finally going to have to see the cross. And in the cross... They're going to get this. In the cross, they're going to understand what it means to serve, what it means to be a ransom for many. They are going to get what it means to be at His right hand and at His left, and they're going to look at those true two that are crucified next to Him, and they're going to say, thank goodness we're not there. But that's what it means to be Christ's followers. That we follow Him. That we are given His victory. That we are given what He has won for us on that cross. That we are given His baptism. That we are given His cup. That we are given His identity. That we are called His body. And that makes a difference. Because it means that we are now enabled to go and serve. I think that's the reason as I really thought about it, that I don't like going to the kiosk. I really kind of hate going to the kiosk. And the reason is this. Is that if I go to another human being, I can go to that human being who is checking me out at Publix or, you know, the poor kid who's working at McDonald's or, you know, the person at the bank or whoever it is that I can have this interaction with and I can serve them somehow. I I can go through that line and I can be happy. I can talk to the person on the other end of the Comcast line and I can try to be happy. (laughs) And I can serve them. And I can be nice to them because the Lord knows nobody is nice to the Comcast people. But I can try that, and I can try to serve them, and I can try to serve all of the people around me. And so, all of a sudden, all of those transactions, all of those things that are supposed to sort of be about my glory in the way that the rest of the world thinks about it, it's not about my glory anymore. It's about me serving other people. That I can switch. 
And I can say, this is what my life is all about as a Christian. That when I meet another person, that I am there to serve them. That I can do that in my job. That I can do that when I'm walking around my neighborhood. That I can do that when I'm purchasing something. That I can do that whenever I meet another human being. Because that is what Jesus does. Jesus goes into that experience like a conquering king. Who says, you couldn't serve me if you wanted to. I'm all that and more. Let me serve you. And so may you this week, may you recognize that Christ is here to serve you. To offer you His cup and offer you His baptism. So that then you may be changed into His body. And that as His body, as the body of that victorious King Jesus that we know, that you will go out into this world and you will serve others in His name. Amen.